What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Sometimes I go back and listen to the, these these things, and somebody already said something, and I'm like, and oh, by the way, let me show you how smart I am. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Recotopia, a happy home for recommended movies, TV shows, music, video games, foodstuffs, and more from three people you can definitely trust. Trustability varies by region, no guarantees implied. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Atkinson, Jeremy Scott, and Aaron Dyson. <laughs> I like to watch, Eve. What do you mean, you like to watch? I like to watch. Hello, everybody. Hey. It's Recotopia episode 99. Wow. Um, I'm joined by Aaron Dicer. Oh, hi, Lee Host Centerinos. Mm hmm. And uh, joined by Jeremy Scott. This is me. <laughs> and uh, today's big recommend is going to be being there. Funnily enough, now that this episode is finally being made and everything, the previous episode, I'm like, Aaron's not going to be here and made a joke <laughs> about being there. <laughs> and you uh, because, can't keep me away. That's right. And because uh, snow kept me in New York last week, and because of other factors, we're now here this week, and Aaron is with us. So Hello. if you're like listening to our episodes back to back and wondering what the fuck is Aaron doing here. <laughs> That's how that's how you'd normally react for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say as um, if that's not the normal reaction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um uh, how you guys doing? How's everybody doing? I'm doing swell. I'm doing yeah. swell. Yeah. Notice good times. Pat is lively today, as always. And yeah. I just said that before Aaron could say whether he was cool or not, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm cool, but I'm feeling all right. So feeling all you. right. Okay, yep. good, good. Yeah. Uh no, but the chat is out there in force today. Glad to see you guys. Um anybody got any small recommends? It's no big deal. It's so small and light. It's small. It's tiny. It's petite. It's wee. Uh, I will. I will kick us off here. Um, I, I saw a 2015 movie, um, week and a half ago that I had never seen. Um, called Bridge of Spies. This is a Spielberg Tom Hanks collaboration, mm -hmm. and I am not a hundred percent sure what kept me away from this. Um, let me Google real quick. This is great well, radio. Also Cohen brothers, right? They wrote they co the Cohen brothers co-wrote it. Yes. Um yeah. I think okay, I had a bad experience with Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy mm -hmm. three or four years prior to that. Uh and I don't even think it was that movie's fault. Um, but I didn't have a good time with that movie. And I think in my head I just called Bridge of Spies the same kind of movie as that. This is not mm. this is not a spy movie. This is um almost a legal thriller. Um, so I had it completely wrong. Rylance, um, is arrested almost in the beginning of the movie and Tom Hanks, uh, he's uh, accused of being a Russian spy and Tom Hanks is basically assigned to defend him and decides to do his legal duty and do a good job and starts to find the case kind of circumstantial while the public, uh, starts to see him as a villain um, they throw bricks through his window because he's helping a spy. Um, 
And then there's a whole secondary story about a U.S. Uh, pilot who's shot down in Russia. Um, and then the movie is about them trying to do a prisoner exchange on this bridge, the titular bridge. Um, and I was riveted, and I should have watched it long ago. I mean, it was nominated for awards. I know Rylance won, I think. He won. Yeah, um, he was, that was the year that Stallone was supposed to get his, and and I think Rylance, Rylance yeah, swept in. Um, so, yeah, it's a shame on me uh, kind of thing here. Um, it's on one of the movie channels. Google won't tell me which one, but that's where I saw it. Uh, and, yeah, it's riveting. Uh, Amy Ryan, Alan Alda, Billy Magnuson, all in this, all great. Um, and, uh, yeah, three thumbs up. Everybody fell in love with Ryan Lance in this movie. He had had a long career yeah. uh, before this, but uh, this is the this is the movie that got him to where he was in everything sort of afterwards. And I just love the, the constant refrain of, uh, I don't know, do you think it will help? You know, and every time Hank is, gives him an idea about whether something's going to work or not, I was like, I don't know, do you think it will help? He's uh, so good. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I... Uh... Uh, honest question and maybe you guys have an answer has spielberg made a bad movie i know he's made a few mediocre ones or okay what's his bad movie war horse yeah war horse is bad you war think horse. i think I, war horse I, is eye-rollingly bad and okay. it's got it, all right it's got its fans but 1941 is not good not that good. is i think that would be my answer probably too mm. would be 1941 but like yeah. in general if Spielberg directs a movie, you're going to get at least competent filmmaking. And in this yeah. case, I think you've got a really great story to go along you're with You're going to get so. visuals. Even in yeah. War Horse, there's some good visuals. Even as I'm yeah. cry laughing at the stupidity of what I'm watching. Has yeah. he ever made a movie that's like you would put give it like a 3.6 on the IMDb? I don't think he's ever done that. But Yeah. yeah. Um, I but, see you in the chat, James, suggesting Lost World, and you go away. Yeah. <laughs> 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 There you go. Wow. Yeah, Crystal Skull's probably there. Yeah. Uh, but maybe. It's not, it's not three. It's not like, it's not, you know, the room bad or anything. It's just. just I, I will happily walk with the Crystal Skull Reclamation Project. Uh, I, I think there's some interesting things going on in that movie. You better cut out a bunch of shit and then maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. All right. Uh, uh, All righty. Uh, uh, you, Aaron? I finally got around to seeing Barton Fink. Um, oh, Cohen Brothers strike again. Yes, it is. A, <laughs> is a, we are going Cohen. Uh, so I, for whatever reason, thought I had seen this. I had not seen this movie. Um, it is so good. And I think a lot of that has to do with how prescient it is about the industry. Um, and so many of the themes and the things it's doing in this movie are now kind of being done in movies, you know, uh, you know, at large. Um, mm -hmm. But this was kind of uh, ahead of the curve going, here's all the things wrong with what we're doing. And I know there's some stuff even earlier than this that, that draws attention mm -hmm. to some of these things. I, I, I felt it in my soul when he was when he was talking about his brain, you know, being his job. Like, you know, it's like one of those things where we live in such a, a work culture where it's like your job is your sweat. Right. And he's mm -hmm. like, my job is my brain. And I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so like the, the love of creativity and just the way the industry sucks it out of him. And then of course you've got a John Goodman performance for the ages in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I loved Barton Fink. Love, love, loved it. So mm -hmm. good. 
Mm. Yeah, John Turturro is probably this is probably his best ever performance uh, mm. uh, as well, and this is uh, maybe the only movie, like major movie, where he's the main character. Um, uh, you know, but this the whole you know him. He's the John Goodman is telling him all the stuff. He's very cordial towards him, and that that whole thing where you know he keeps telling him i could tell you stories i could tell you stories and then by the end of it john goodman is like because you don't listen <laughs> it's like such a big part oh it's such a great moment and it's uh yeah i i, I grow more appreciation for barton fink every year probably it's and so good many it's times, so so many good times. um well, this movie is not in the category of the two that were mentioned, but I <laughs> ran across a movie on Hulu. I was like, I like Jake Johnson. I'll watch this movie called Self-Reliance. And you go on the IMDb and it's a 6.1. So there's people like kind of like, eh, but you know what? It's one of those type of movies that the the actors in it are just so fun and engaging i it's like i would literally watch you guys do anything basically is what it comes down to i don't think the the execution of this idea is what it could be if maybe perhaps jake johnson were given more time to cook this thing but it is fun um he is a guy who's just gotten out of a bad relationship or it was a good relationship and he just broke, he just, uh, just broke up and, uh, he's down in the dumps. And then one day a limousine comes by and Andy Samberg is in the back of the limousine and Andy Samberg playing himself tells, tells Jake Johnson to get in the limo. And, uh, and then he, uh, Andy Samberg then tells him that there's uh do you want to go where I'm going? Basically Jake Johnson's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. And Andy Samberg's like, really? you don't even know who I am. He's like, well, yeah, Andy Sandberg. I know you blah, 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 whatever. He's like, okay. And so he, so, so the limousine ends up dropping him off in this, like, you know, nowhere place or whatever. And, and, uh, and Jake Johnson's like, so, uh, do you want to hang out sometime? He's like, all right, see ya. As Andy Sandberg just <laughs> zooms off. Um, and he goes in and, and he's, uh, there's two guys there who tell him, that we have set up a game that is on the internet that only a select few people can watch where we will hunt you down and you have to survive and you can win. I think it's like a million dollars. I can't remember the prize at the end of it, but um, the, the rules are basically that, Hey, we're doing this all over the country. We might not even get to your town. So there's that. And that's also, the, the fact is that if he's with anybody other, if he's not alone, if he's not alone, they cannot go after him. They cannot try to kill him if he's not alone. Um, so he exploits this rule by trying to get as many people around him as possible. <laughs> even at one point, uh, hiring a homeless man who becomes like a great, like he's maybe one of the best parts of this movie. Um, he hires this homeless man to hang around him at all times. And, uh, and then there's at some point another contestant con uh, contacts him and says, I'm going through the same thing. And this other contestant is played by Anna Kendrick. So they've decided to, to like sort of sleep together, but they're not like romantically involved in any way or whatever. And, uh, and, and they're just trying to make sure that they're, that they always, um, they're, they're never alone and everything. 
some other like weird stuff starts happening the the actual like scenes where they think that they're being attacked are actually pretty well done they're like horrifying uh to you know like anything off in the distance that could be ready to attack is horrifying in this but if you like the actors that are featured in this i think you'll have a good time with it i'm not saying like oh my gosh this is the best movie ever or anything but i do think that uh a lot of you will like it out there Mm, i do like a lot of those people it's Mm -hmm. definitely on my watch list i'm i'm uh, gonna check it out here soon so yeah Yeah. Mm. Mm. all right we're gonna move on to the big recommend which is being there from 1979 i'm fine i'm fine it's just that you're so big it's so huge it's a good rule but this is bigger than rules it's bigger on the inside is it i noticed uh directed by hal ashby who also did harold and maude and that was another one that was considered for the 1970s uh comedies he did the last detail which is another a great uh great movie but uh settled on this one this one uh, I read the book for being there. I read this book back in college. Uh, had a satire class, so I read this book and then watched the movie and all that. So it's been around. It's been around for a really long time. I love Peter Sellers so much in these things. Although you know his personal life, <laughs> you read if you read about Peter Sellers' personal life, you might not like this guy. Um, <laughs> um being there uh starts off uh he 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 plays a character named chance who is in this uh very well-to-do home um and the old man who runs it has died and now that the old man has died and he has no heirs and nobody to take care of the house anymore the lawyers have come in and everybody who worked there and lived there is going to get kicked out so the first the first person is the maid uh, knows exactly the writing on the wall she doesn't she she's she's out she tells peter sellers right off the bat tells chance like hey you know the old man's dead but he doesn't seem to care the reason why is he's he's glued to the tv and that is a big thing for him he is glued to the tv and tv is all that's really important to him um and and she's like, I just told you that the old man's dead and you don't seem to think you don't seem to care at all. And he's like, he just never really responds. It's like, what is, what do you mean? What is death? What does this mean for me? What does, uh, you know, none of this stuff matters really, you know, I'm not going to miss it. Like none of the, and all these thoughts that I'm coming up with are even more complex than what he's probably thinking at the time. Um, and this so the lawyers come in. He's still, at the house watching tv when the lawyers show up and they're like well who are you and he says i'm chance the gardener and i've been here since i was uh, since i could remember which you know that's a, a thing that we're going to have to wonder about throughout the whole movie is what is his parentage where did he come from it's a there's very obvious jesus christ allegories going on in this movie but you it's not the only it's not the only thing going on the lawyers end up talk they they talk to him and they don't really uh, they don't know how to react to chance and this is what is uh, going to be a major part of this movie as he interacts with people how can anyone be like this like how can anyone not have just like be able to answer these basic questions about themselves and doesn't seem to know what certain words mean and uh and doesn't seem to know what the situation is and everything 
but all the all the same seems very normal and natural and whatever and so by the end of it he's he's basically kicked out but the lawyer does tell him hey call me tomorrow but chance doesn't know what that means he doesn't know what call him tomorrow means so the th- the, the next thing we see is him walking out of this house to the uh, the 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 theme of you know if you've watched 2001 i don't know how to pronounce that that piece of music that's in 2001 but it's a upbeat like more up to date version of that that uh, that music from 2001 and he's walking out of this house that's in Washington DC and immediately you see that this house this is a very very like uh like extravagant house that's in the middle of a very poor section of the of the city and uh he sees homeless people immediately uh and he because his maid was black he starts interacting with black people the same way that he interacted with them back at his house so the first woman the first black woman he sees he's like could you get me some lunch (laughs) and the woman is sitting there with a bag in her hand going and just ignores him as you probably should, because this, the person is probably crazy, right? Someone who just comes up to you and asks, can you get me my lunch? Um, he then interacts with a gang, uh, and he, he tells them I need to get to a garden fast because it's winter and I need to sow the seeds and all that. They take it a completely different way and think that he's from some other rival gang member who's trying to deliver a message and he even gets a knife pulled on him. But Chance doesn't think that there's any danger involved whatsoever. He just stands there with the knife right in front of him and just uh, and the guy's like, give this guy a message when you see him. And he's like, I will give that guy a message. When I- <laughs> and then eventually he runs into a point. It's like it's gotten into the evening and he. Uh, runs across an electronic store that has a camera set up where people walking across the sidewalk can see themselves on this 1979 standards is one of the biggest TVs I've ever seen in my life. I didn't even know they made something this big um, back then. Um, But he sees himself on TV, which is of course a great thing for him. He's like, I'm finally on this thing that I've been watching for decades. And you see him like waving his umbrella around and all that. And he backs up into traffic and one of the cars backs into his leg and it crushes it up against another, another car. And, uh, he is not badly injured, but he's injured enough that the person, the chauffeur, the chauffeur tries to help him and a woman named Eve Rand, who's played by Shirley MacLaine. And, uh, we just recently did the apartment. I, that was the last one before, um, uh, I came back and everything. So we got Shirley MacLaine showing back up on the Syncast the said cast the Recotopia right uh, <laughs> right here um and uh so she says uh, w- w- let's not take him to a hospital that's messy let's take him back to the house and uh and uh, and take care of him we can have our own doctor look at him and assess him and everything and as he's in the back seat of the car and she's asking him questions she just thinks that he's very intense and very deep about everything that he says and and that you know um and at some point she gives him an alcoholic drink. And of course she has, he has never in his life drank alcohol in his life. And as he drinks the alcohol, that's when she asks, what is your name? And he's trying to say chance the gardener, but because he's coughing, it becomes Chauncey Gardner, which is one of the many, many, many 
uh, areas of this film where he is trying to say something or do something and nobody asks for a follow-up or, 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 you know, they don't really go, they, they just think he is what he is and, or he's got something deep inside of him that they're, he's not letting go, whatever. And, and, uh, so they, uh, they, they, uh, uh, go to the house and this is this extravagant, <laughs> sickening mansion and mansion which i believe is the biltmore estate it is uh it's <sighs> ridiculous it's i mean like i don't even know if i don't even know if charles foster kane has a house this big <laughs> this is, is huge this is huge it's got everything it's got you know uh it's got elevators and it's got rooms upon rooms he can put a whole hospital in this thing if he wants to all this stuff um he is put into a wheelchair and is taken up the elevator. And again, he says something that is misunderstood. He says, I've never been in one of these before, meaning the elevator, the elevator man thinks he means the wheelchair. And so he says, he says, Oh yes, it's one of Mr. Rand's. We he's, he's very ill. We've been using, this is one of his and he goes, and so hit, so chance thinking he still means the elevator says, I want, does it have a television? And the elevator man thinks this is very funny. Like, you know, what does it have a television on the, the television on the wheelchair? That's a good one, basically. Um, and, um, and just, uh, so he goes in and he gets treatment from, uh, the, uh, from the Rand's doctor, uh, played by Alan, uh, is it, Al, is it Richard Dicer? It's Richard or is it Alan Dicer? I can't remember. There's two guys i get confused their names a lot of times uh it's alan it's richard dicer who you might remember from the thing if you've ever seen the thing he's in that um but he's the doctor and he's the one guy in this movie that really kind of understands who chance is throughout the whole thing he's never like really fooled or not that chance is trying to fool anybody but he's never really fooled in this whole thing he kind of he kind of thinks this is exactly what this guy is. He's a gardener and he talks about gardening all the time. Um, and so they, he keeps him, uh, they keep him there. He, he does some, uh, examinations, notices that his leg isn't broken. Uh, and then, uh, chance brings up the fact that he's talked to a lawyer and, uh, but the, the, he, he's, he's, he's brought up to the fact that he's, uh, talk to a lawyer. And so the guy's like, Oh, so you're going to have your lawyers come in on this. And chance is like, like, no, we don't, we don't need to bring you know, No, 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 I don't need, he says claim, which is the second time he's heard claim in this, uh, in this movie. And he's like, no, there's no need for a claim. He doesn't know what, what claim means, but he's like, no reason for a claim or anything like that. And so the doctor's like, why don't you just stay here for a couple of days and then we can make sure that you're good and head your, uh, put you on your way. They wheel a uh, chance into see the, 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 the main man of this, of this castle, Benjamin Rand played by Melvin Douglas, uh, the legendary Melvin Douglas, um, who won the Oscar for this performance. And again, chance is, um, is misunderstood for having something, uh, deep in mind, but this time what, what really appeals to the Benjamin Rand character is that he misunderstands chance to say that his business has been closed down. He thinks that when chance says my house has been closed down and the lawyers came in the, this very wealthy businessman says, Oh no, that's what's going to happen to the businessman. The businessman is the one who's really being put down in this country. 
you know, I feel for you, Chance. I'm going to help you out with this. And I've even decided that I'm going to come up with a fund for businessmen. <laughs> because businessmen are the ones who really suffer in this country. Not anybody else that you may have walked past on the way here when you got in your limo. Um, and so because he's taken such a shine to this story that, oh, he's lost his shop. Apparently he lost his business instead of just being a guy who lost his job and, and lost uh, his home. He thinks that it's a, it's a, it's a businessman. So he's going to help him out. And this brings him immediately into the political circle essentially because, uh, Ben, uh, introduces him to the president. He has a first name basis with the president played by Jack Warden. that calls him Bobby and, uh, and he invites the president over uh, just before he's about to give a speech on the economy. And so during this speech, during the speech with the president, the uh, chance is allowed to sit in on this. I think, I think Jack Warden thinks that he's just a, a helper of some sort because, because Ben is very ill and he's on, he's on his deathbed basically. But I think he thinks he's a helper at first. So he doesn't even introduce himself at first. And then Ben says, Hey, this is my, my friend Chauncey Gardner. And, uh, and Chauncey is sitting there, during the the, the 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 there's a couple of moments where the president says the word chance and and, and chance goes yes and like he's addressing him yes and uh there's this whole thing about the economy which they are very i think appropriately vague about they cut this conversation up we don't know exactly what they're talking about concerning the economy um and but we do know that once it gets time for chance to say whatever he says he just talks about well the roots are very good if you you know if you um if you if you if you take care of them we have we have stuff that buds in the spring and summer and then they'll and then they die in the winter and fall and all of this and of course this is being taken as oh this is really really deep stuff about the economy yes yes we need to learn we need to do this guy the president actually ends up putting a lot of the stuff that chance says in this meeting into his speech later to a bunch of businessmen and everything. Um, and the other thing is now that he has been brought up in the speech, he actually brings up the president brings up chance in the speech. Now, suddenly everybody wants to know who this person is. Uh, the president wants to know who he is as soon as he walks out of the, out of the, out of the meeting. Uh, he gets all of his men on 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 the case, and then the newspapers, of course, want to want to learn. Of course, where are they going to go? They're not going to be able to find anybody who knows Chance whatsoever in this whole thing. They uh, he is he's a man from nowhere, has no driver's license, no tax stuff, nothing that you can look up like anybody else, and so it ends up being where there's just a lot of people doing a wild goose cake goose chase. And there's no way that it really, you know, there's only one moment because chance brought up the lawyer that he met earlier on. That means the doctor is able to find track him down and is able to find out that when the lawyer showed up uh, at the house, the guy said he lived here and he was a gardener and all of that. That's the only person who really knows uh, who chance is by the end of this movie. Um, in the meantime, uh, you know, chance is getting a whole bunch of opportunities that are, 
that nobody else would ever get in 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 their lives uh he he uh first he he first he gets uh, the the newspaper wants to uh interview him and he, of course chance gets uh you know gets caught up in television while he's while, while he's on the phone and he starts imitating the things that are on the television while this guy is like what is your relationship to the rand business and everything well you should ask mr rand that like he's just being coy about it um and uh and so he ends up hanging up the phone on him before he answers any questions whatsoever and then right after that a tv show a talk show host wants to have him on the on the on his uh late night program and he goes in and uh and does the same thing as he always does talks about gardening and things like that and there's even a point where he accidentally insults the president when the president, when the, the talk show host says, you know, what do you think of uh, his views on the economy, the, his view on the economy and, and uh, chance looks around and he goes, which one? And so everybody laughs because, Hey, that's something we say about presidents, right? They have too many views on certain things. <coughs> who you talk to. And so he gets all this opportunity and then, Ben, the, the old man is, uh, as he, he knows he's in his final days and he starts basically sort of grooming chance to be his kind of pseudo successor, I guess. I don't know if that's what you would call it, but he's even throwing his own wife at chance and Shirley MacLaine has started to become very, uh, taken with him. And, uh, and so there's a series of comical seduction scenes in this where, uh, where, um, Eve tries to, tries to, uh, seduce him at one time and he's sitting there watching TV, of course. And then she takes his disinterest for being strong and not doing anything. And like that makes her trust him more and everything. And then finally it seems like, Oh, now they're, she reads the the next time they encounter as like oh we've we're hot for each other we really need each other and everything so she comes in and it just happens to be at a moment where chance is watching a love scene on television which i believe is the thomas crown affair the original the original thomas crown affair um and he and she comes in right when this kissing scene is happening so he is able to kiss her finally and then (laughs) He says that, you know, she said she's obviously wants to have sex with him. And, and he says something. I just want to watch TV. I like to watch. And she thinks that means she he likes to watch people do sexual things and not be a part of them. So there is an extremely bonkers masturbation scene in here where Shirley MacLaine gets on all sorts of positions in this scene while chance watches an exercise video and gets in the same position as, <laughs> as the person on TV, but he's on the bed while she's on the floor. Uh, it is absolutely insane. There's even a, a, a scene where he is, uh, and I think this is before this, there's a scene where he's introduced to a bunch of political players. There's a big party where they come together and like he gets to talk to a Russian diplomat guy and they, and there's all sorts of stuff in there that's, that's uh, all uh, misconstrued to the point that, oh, 
Chauncey must know how to speak Russian now. And he, and by the time the party is at the end, someone's like, he's he speaks eight languages and he's got a law and a medical degree and everything. So like, that's how, how much, how insane people are for, for, for chance. And so, uh, after this, the, the old man does die and there's a funeral where there's a, he's going to be in a tomb. That's like a pyramid with like an eye on the top of it. And, and, uh, the, the what's the saying that's on it? Life is, I can't remember what it is. It's, I don't remember. Uh, it's, uh, but, um, the, the, the pallbearers are obviously all big players, big political players. Chance has walked away from the funeral. Um, the pallbearers are discussing who are we going to have next? We can't have the same. We can't have this president that we have now in there. Um, and uh, they go through a whole bunch of names. And then finally someone says Chauncey Gardner. And there everybody's in agreement that they're going to make him the next king, basically. And while they talk about that, Chance goes out to the water and walks on it. And then he dips his umbrella down in the water showing that he's not on anything and um that scene has been uh broken down and deconstructed by many many people over the years it's obviously up to you what you think that means i've heard a lot of great interpretations i will be glad to hear what you guys think of this movie that ending and so on and so forth mm. Mm. um aaron didn't say anything so i'm gonna go first um <laughs> This might be my favorite Recotopia film that I had never seen prior to doing this show. Um, and I have never seen anything like this. Every other movie or show that tries to do this kind of misunderstanding all throughout leans hard into the belly laughs. Like I wrote that this is like Frasier only without a laugh track and without the over-the-top reactions from the other people in the scene. So I don't, I laughed out loud a couple points. I'm going to talk about it, but I don't mm -hmm. think this movie is trying to make me laugh out loud as much mm -hmm. as it's trying to make me grin and smile wryly and nod and maybe occasionally chuckle. Uh, and mm -hmm. I just haven't ever seen a comedy that was unconcerned about out loud laughter and just more concerned about keeping this joke going um, but when <laughs> he's in the limo on the way back from the talk show, and we're, this is the only view we get of his appearance on the talk show is this limo cam, uh, a limo TV cam. Mm -hmm. And we're obviously super interested in what he had to say on this show. So we see him answer two or three questions and then he just changes the channel again. <laughs> he changed the channel. He got bored watching his own talk show appearance. Yeah. And that that recurring joke, I went out and told my wife all about it because it, it starts in the beginning. Like he's just got a you know short attention span. And then when he gets picked up by uh, Shirley MacLaine after the car hits him, like she's watching something she's interested in. And he just reaches down and changes it to something else. Mm -hmm. And it's that like, the uh, 70s basketball jones thing yeah and she looks at him trying to under to understand why is he watching this and then she looks back at the tv it's a great little beat where mm -hmm. she's like what does he see in this and there's nothing he sees in that that she doesn't that's anyway but then when he changes the channel on his own thing 
that part actually got me after i'd already been telling my wife this is not a laugh out loud kind of movie Mm -hmm. um i was kind of hoping he would get new names the whole movie through like he went from chance to chauncey gardner and i was hoping that would be a recurring gag so that by the Mm -hmm. end they'd be calling him mike or whatever um but peter sellers as a performer is just incredible in this and i read Mm -hmm. how much time he spent studying and practicing dialects to kind of come up with something that was like unreal like somewhere mm-hmm. between british and american um so that he would kind of feel like a non-human human mm-hmm. um and yeah uh, i got lots of notes but i just wanted to say that i really really enjoyed this and everybody who has an interpretation about the ending scene is wrong well and also uh the other thing that i had read was that his i guess his cadence was trying to be stan laurel of laurel and hardy was that was another uh uh, thing that and uh i don't know if you had said that or not i know that sometimes like sometimes i go back and listen to the these these things and somebody already said something and i'm like and oh by the way let me show you how smart i am (laughs) (laughs) anyway aaron what did you think uh, I love this movie. Um, I I want to retouch on a couple of things that Jeremy said because Jeremy spoke my heart. Um, there is nothing like this movie, at least that, that I could find. In fact, it made finding a double feature really, really interesting because I would find something and I'd be like, yeah, but it doesn't really touch on this thing like being there does. Like, you know, mm-hmm. a, a big part of that is the way this movie uh, comments on racism and specifically white privilege is really, really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It it explicitly goes there. There's an in- entire scene uh, with a black woman stating the idea that it's mm-hmm. because he's a white man that this can happen. She says she knew him since she, he was, you know, a pissant, I think she says, she and is, she his is. head was full of oatmeal or something. I don't know. She <laughs> says she has all these beautiful things she says about him. Lush rice. Yeah, crushed rice. Thank you. Thank you. Something like that. And and specifically says, you know, it's because he's a white man that he can get away with this stuff. And the movie goes to race over and over. Chris, you mentioned, you know, like meeting the gangs and, and, you know, talking to these people. And then later they, you know, want to help the businessmen of America. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's it's the idea of how race enters into this that I find uh, really, really unique. Um, and of course there are plenty of movies, plenty of movies that deal with race, but to do it in this kind of satirical way, I just, I don't know that I've, I've ever seen it, um, like this. Uh, you also mentioned Peter Sellers, who I had down as a note that I, you just can't praise him enough in this movie. He's so good, um, at just embodying this empty vessel and this, the, the idea of, uh, simplicity or simpleton or whatever, you know, you want to say, like, he just you believe that he exists only on the surface and in reflection of television screens. Like you believe that's his entire existence uh, from his performance. Um, I cannot prove it. Uh, I tried to find the research, um, but it's probably not true, but I'm going to continue to believe that Chance the Rapper uh, took his name from Chance the Gardener and it is a being there reference uh, because I think that's really... You know what's um, crazy to me is that Chance the Rapper had a kit commercial put on an album a kit kat commercial yeah he had a kit kat commercial before he put because he yeah, yeah he rose to fame guesting on other people's stuff before he had put out his own album yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah um well, i have go ahead oh no go ahead i was i was gonna add some things but 
go ahead. No, add away. I've just got a couple more notes uh, when well, we get there. The, the, it's funny to me also that uh, at the end of this movie, uh, over the credits, is uh, Peter Sellers trying to say that exact thing that the gang member told right. him to tell Raphael um you know and he keeps laughing because he's trying to keep that straight laced chance uh, uh cadence while he says go get that honky and tell that <laughs> asshole and he keeps every time he says something that chance normally like a swear word or a uh -huh. slur or something he uh he just breaks down in laughter and i had seen this for years loving the fact that they had put this in the movie but peter sellers did not like this being mm -hmm. in the movie whatsoever mm -hmm. and uh there are some people who believe he lost the oscar because of this i don't know if Ooh. that's true um i don't know if that's true but the fact is is that he was worried that 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 uh pulled the veil up from the illusion that he was creating and of course when he shot this movie nobody really ran into peter sellers that's one of those method acting things that we always hear about they never ran into him they ran into chauncey gardner all the time so i think that he was really upset that this thing was at the very end of it even though it's freaking hilarious listening to him and try, trying to get through this whole thing and that's one of the things that's interesting about his character too is that he's got a tremendous memory we don't even it's not something that we even really think about, but then when they bring up and the lawyers bring up the fact that a worker came to their house 30 or 40 years ago to oh, fix yeah. something, he goes, Oh yes, I remember Joe. Uh, he had the, he had the, he had a magazine with men and women and it's very funny. <laughs> I love the reaction of the, 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 uh, the lawyer who's like, he's like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> realizing what the pictures with men and women meant um but uh anyway go on Aaron. i think you know there are a couple other themes again that that, that make this unique uh all these combined to make it unique um there there's this theme of self-involvement that the movie does really well part of the reason that that chance is you know just accepted or whatever is because everybody's just so self-involved in their own world that they're not mm. really being aware of him as a human being they're just aware of how he impacts their world and so mm. um you get time after time when people are um putting their own assumptions and their own beliefs on him he becomes a blank canvas for them to write on and i think that's such a uh, mm -hmm. a powerful insight into a human tendency that we all have um and so i really like that uh, this theme that the line between simplicity and complexity is razor thin. The idea that you can say something that is super uh, simple, um, but is also super deep. Like we, you know, we see this all the time with quotes and it's like, you know, oh, and it's like, but is it really that deep? Mm, you know, like this, yeah. this idea that, that we all, I think, uh, can kind of see. And um, I think that's a beautiful theme too, because it's something... Uh, that we see in our day-to-day uh, -day life as well. And then the only other things I had were just some of the moments that made me laugh. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I re the line where he gets in a vehicle for the first time is like, this is like television, only you can see much further. And just like the idea, <laughs> the idea of, of like, though he was out in the world, he could see everything, but he stepped in a vehicle and because there's a window there, all of a sudden it became a really cool television. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just, I think, really smart. So I liked that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. He walked um, all yeah. over DC. 
because there's a shot where we see him near what has to be the Smithsonian because the Washington Monument is in the back. And then mm. after that, we get that killer shot of him walking up the median with the Capitol in the background. Yeah. That's two miles out to the east. I looked it up on Google Maps. Mm-hmm. I was like, where the <laughs> fuck is this? Because he just walked. I mean, he walked all over that city. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can see by the end of it, it's it's nighttime. He's been walking forever with no food or anything. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but, um, I'm going to get to the ending. I do want to sort of delve into what yeah, you guys let's think talk about it, what you guys think of it. I have never, I had never really regarded that ending through the many years that I have, you know, I've known of this movie. I had never regarded it as anything other than it's just a fun movie thing that they put at the end, uh, that it, there's no reality to it. It's just, this is the character we've created a Christ-like character. And so now we're going to represent it with images at the end of this, that he's walking on water. But if you're going to take, um, any kind of, I guess, literal, uh, look at it or whatever is the, I've, I've, I've watched some videos and things on this that some of the other interpretations is that a lot of times, you know, we are seeing how others react to chance and we get to laugh because we know, we know who this character is, but by the end of it, the movie's making you those people because you, you don't all my fucking thunder, man. Oh, I'm <clears throat> sorry. No, no. I'm, I'm glad that you agree. Keep going. I agree completely. Yeah. yeah the, um, is, is that maybe, maybe he can. Maybe you, you don't know that he can't walk on water, you know, the, and, and so, um, by the end of it, the movie is basically making you one of the characters of the movie by the end of it. Um, there's, there's another simple one too, which is like, he doesn't realize he would that's sink the one down I, that's the, that's what i thought that was the one that that popped into my See, brain that one doesn't fly with me well because... let, let me talk about it a little bit because here's how it, it worked with me no. was, i mean okay. <laughs> <laughs> here's how it worked with me i'm watching it you know and again i've i've had time to to process this and i actually uh i really like the one that you guys were just talking about as well uh as, mm. as a possible meaning but i do like the idea that the movie at the end turns itself on its head and goes you know what there actually is power in obliviousness like Mm -hmm. there is this thing whether it's good or bad we can have a moral discussion on it but there is power in obliviousness if you don't realize something is impossible sometimes you can accomplish the impossible and i think we i do think we see examples of that things that were thought impossible that are accomplished because somebody just didn't realize you know they they weren't impossible and so i i that was the one that stood out to me it also correlates with the actual walking on water story in scripture where jesus is basically like you know well you sank because you doubted your, you know all of a sudden you did you realized you were walking on water and you shouldn't be doing that like that's that is kind of one of the points of that actual biblical story as well is about faith and the idea well that's a li- faith is a little different than obliviousness but the idea of awareness can ruin the thing um because of our own beliefs on what is and is impossible mm. um mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of where I, I really like that one. I like to think about that one. I like to talk about that one. I think maybe yours is the more intentional one. Um, the one the that only you were talking th- about. so I I got to the ending. I had my reaction, and I was like, "This is clearly something that people have been talking about for fifty years." Let's go see what the predominant theories are. And it does seem like he is too simple to know he's not allowed to walk on water. Right. I don't the reason I don't buy that is he gets five steps out and then sticks his umbrella down in the water. So it's he clearly knows this shouldn't be happening because he's testing to see why it's happening. 
So that one threw me off. So here's what I think. I think we see what we want to see, just like the characters around Chance saw in him what they wanted to see. I think there are probably some Christian people, I don't quite understand this one, but who just see that as a direct Christ comparison, that he is mm. Christ-like. Um, I, I don't get that. I don't get that at all. Yeah, I don't get that. I actually... Man, on a different podcast, Aaron and I, that we're not doing anymore, I could talk a little bit more freely about this. I, <laughs> I could make an argument that what it is saying here, I'm not going to make this argument. I could make an argument that the movie is saying maybe Christ was just I really thought of that too. simple. Yes, um, I thought of that too. And people mm, saw in him mm. what they wanted. And oh, that wow. was when I realized that maybe that's the point. We see mm -hmm. in him and this moment what we see who we are it's a reflection of what we believe yeah that's um, that self-involvement thing and that, i think that, that makes yeah. it the most powerful way to kind of walk away from like 20 years difference in your life you might see that ending completely different i don't know yeah. i thought it was yeah. really yeah. powerful by the way just as a, a couple of quick asides before we get to the secret uh, super secret double feature um the other thing that i wanted to talk about a little bit was his uh his origins because it, he he obviously gets shows up at this house uh at the beginning of the movie without really any i i tend to believe that he is the true heir of that guy that died mm. i think that guy probably uh had an affair with the help or something like that and that and he was the he was the uh um result of that and they the mom called him chance because you know hey random chance lucky chance these type mm. of things um, I think that's what ended up happening. And then the mom died and he, you know, and he didn't care because he, he doesn't have any attachments to anybody. But then again, if he has a mom there, you would think that his mom would want to like teach him some things and, 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 you know, stuff that's more than just TV, but that's another statement the movie's making is we often put our children in front of the TV and have that, have them babysit it and, and everything. So, um, and then the other thing is, if you want to, uh, Aaron brought up a lot of the the racial issues in this movie. Uh, if you ever want to go and look at a deep dive on this, there's a video on YouTube from Obsessed with Cinema that does a big uh, breakdown on all the race, and it's really well done. So if you ever want to get into all of that, watch that video. It's like a 40-minute thing. So anyway, let's get to this uh, super secret double feature. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Be very, very quiet. Secret. What secret? Our dirty little secret. i tell you something I've never told anyone. What do you guys think? Mm -hmm. Well, like Aaron said, it's really hard because it there is. Are it's a, a difficult one that 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 play like this. I don't think I ended up finding one that plays like this. I was I'm going to give you two because I'm going to cheat. Um, but I was torn. Really, do I want to do I want to line up the um, simple guy gets wrapped up in bigger affairs? Where, which is where I lean Hudsucker Proxy, or do mm. I want to go with the political angle of how everything in politics can be manipulated by simple, unexpected... 
Robert Redford's the candidate is what I thought of. For oh, yeah, yeah. Um, if I had, if really he actually one. had to make me choose, I would choose the candidate because I think Hudsucker is just so funny, so laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. And the candidate is much more of a satire where the laughs are going to be a little more sly. Um, mm-hmm. And I hope I didn't steal your thunder, Aaron. No, <laughs> I like- no. I like both of those a lot. Um, Hudsucker, I think, is 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 really good. I, too, uh, am cheating and bringing two because it's just that kind of movie um, because there are two different aspects. Um, the first one I thought of is not the one I'm going with. It's a more recent movie that if you want to see this thing done again, this movie does it. It's a movie called Fool's Paradise. Uh, actually came out last year. Um, and this is Charlie Day's movie. And Charlie Day plays the Peter Sellers type role here. He's a simpleton, but in this case, he succeeds in the movie industry despite his complete obliviousness. Hmm. Um, and it really is a like they are being there is a huge influence on this movie. It has to be because it feels a lot like it. However, Charlie Day is not Peter Sellers and he doesn't quite pull it off in the same way. So I'm not necessarily giving a huge recommend to the movie. I don't think it works in some ways but if you want to kind of see this thing done in another avenue um the uh fool's paradise is is uh is right there but i ended up actually going um with idiocracy as my uh, official oh, pick um like and the flip I, side. yeah i i like it because it's it's the idea it kind of reverses that idea of okay um the 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 fish out of water in this case is somebody who uh is average in our time a simpleton in our time maybe even but is somehow now you know king of the future where uh mm. tv again television being in screens all yeah. that kind of stuff has dumbed us down uh to the point Ow, my so, balls Ow, my Ow, balls, balls indeed uh, <laughs> so yeah so there you go idiocracy is my pick i love those choices you guys came up with some really good ones um all right so next week it's aaron's turn again uh, what is your movie that you are going to foist upon us Aaron? that that is that is a good way to describe what i do when i pick movies i foist mm-hmm. movies upon you, you that you're gonna me. have to watch uh, you and work you your way through uh mm-hmm. and we're doing short term 12 uh Ooh, next I've never week seen this uh excited excited for you to see it um this this is a uh a movie that gave us uh several academy award winners in one of their Mm -hmm. first roles um it is uh, a movie with caitlin deaver in it which i know is a a a big uh, favorite (laughs) of the crew um and it is a movie about mental health and uh I uh, I think you guys are going to find a lot to love about it. So I wanted to bring Short Term 12 to the table. And, Short and Term look. 12. My Googling tells me this is available in many places. Tubi, Pluto, and Peacock for free. Uh, Roku, Sling, Voodoo, Red. It's free everywhere, guys. It's free on Amazon Prime. It's free. Actually, on YouTube, you need a subscription. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's free on Plex, Crackle, Redbox, everywhere. And um, this just before Brie Larson did Room? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. This is before she was pretty young. I remember, in this. The, I remember when the movie came out and I remember it being like an Oscar contender. I just never got around to seeing it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's wild. The talent that, that got their start here, Lakeith Stanfield, who was just going by, I think, Keith Stanfield in the credits mm-hmm. on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Brie Larson, Rami Malik, Caitlin Deaver, um, even Stephanie uh, Beatrice, who then went on to fame in. Uh, yep. In Brooklyn Nine Nine, yeah. uh, so yeah, lots of lots of people coming out of this, and it's a good movie otherwise. So yeah, mm. good all stuff. Right. All right, Excellent. well, uh, once again, uh, chat. Thanks for coming out and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, 
uh, making the discussion lively over there. Uh, very happy that you guys come over and, uh, and, uh, watch us, uh, talk about these movies and everything. I'll be very excited about short term 12 next week. Uh, but, uh, that is, uh, gonna do it for, uh, this episode guys. So Aaron, any, any announcements before I start doing the see you bye thing? And you just... <laughs> no, I think we're good. Everything seems to be on a normal, uh, pattern here coming up. So yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. See ya. Goodbye. Be a part of the live show by being a member of the Sin Club at Patreon at patreon.com slash cinemasins. Chat with us on the Cinemasins Discord at discord.gg slash cinemasins or Cinemasins Twitter at cinemasins and email any comments or questions to recotopia at cinemasins.com. That's R-E-C-O-T-O-P-I-A at cinemasins.com. On one of the the videos that was like, I love your channels. I will ride for you till the day I die. Why don't you post things at the exact same time every day? <laughs> I remember uh, one of our videos was um, uh, it was. Uh, you couldn't see it in a whole bunch of other countries other than the u.s and right Canada right yeah, yeah yeah and um he got on our facebook when we were still doing the sincast and everything and he said he said why do you not make these videos available in other countries <laughs> and i said i said do you think that i don't want this to be in your country and he goes well it's not it's not available here so what else is the other explanation is there <laughs> And I said, because YouTube is making it where it's not available in your country. <laughs> yeah. And I bet he just went, oh, okay, and left. Well, he didn't say anything after that. Yeah. He just realized, you know, he probably, no, he actually, he probably was like, still, should have been able to get it to my country. Yeah. Yeah. I think even when I was in high school, I was taught that quote about, the smartest, the wisest man is the one who no understands what he doesn't know, um, yeah. or something like that. That's Plato, man. Know. That's Socrates. That's like the the history of philosophy is based on that idea. Yeah. Well, I didn't take any of those classes, but somebody taught me that quote. I didn't know. It was <laughs> yeah. Plato. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. Well, yeah, I don't have your titles. <laughs> have you guys uh, an outtake uh, recommend? Um, oh, okay, cool. I'm down for this. I'm a uh, I'm, I got a mixology kit and a mocktail cookbook recipe book for Christmas. So I've been right. making mocktails and posting them online. You've seen some of those. Um, I'm going to give you I, an easy, quick and dirty breakfast mocktail. You just fill a glass with ice, a tumbler, and throw some fresh OJ in there to about halfway up. And then put ginger beer in to about that much left open in the cup and then drink it ginger beer is the magic ingredient to cocktails and mocktails because it brings a slight bite uh just a tiny bit of bitter to counteract the sweet so there's a re there's a recipe that i make where i muddle fresh oranges and limes and mint and then i do this i put orange juice over it and ginger beer but in the mornings now i've just been doing the quick and dirty half a bottle of orange juice half a bottle of ginger beer mm. boom it's very refreshing. A little fizz with my morning OJ. There you go. Yeah. Very nice.
I fear ginger beer. You fear it? Oh, well, yeah, with your tongue. Yeah. I've never had I have never had a beer that I thought would anybody would ever want to put in their mouth again. Like not I even just, root beer? That is not a beer. <laughs> well, neither is ginger beer. Ginger beer is like root beer. It's not okay. alcohol. All right. You're starting to convince me. You're starting it's, to convince it's me. It's basically ginger ale with uh it's a really strong ginger ale, basically, is what ginger beer mm. is. People drink it straight, like um as a beverage but just like ginger ale it's a common mixer okay all right i did not know this see i'm willing to have my mind changed i had the same experience when i first learned of ginger beer and i was like wow i made alcohol out of ginger i was like they made alcohol worse (laughs) (laughs) sort of how i i read butter beer in harry potter Mm -hmm. like that sounds awful well, and, it, and I'm sure it was like a root beer because the kids were drinking it like as right. early as nine or whatever. It's like melted but, Werther's original. It, right. Okay. So have you had it, Aaron? Have you been I to have, the, I have. Yeah, I have too. I went to the Universal Harry Potter land and, and tried the ginger beer and it was, I had one sip and it was, um, I, you can't even describe how much sugar is in this it's fucking It's so thing. sugary. Yeah. It, it was, it was a butter beer. Yeah. yeah. Butter beer. Yeah. yeah. Butter beer. Absolutely mm. undrinkable for me. Mm. And yeah. I think I spent like $6 on that fucking thing. Yeah, I can't imagine that being good at all. I, I, I was, I, I, to me, it felt like something that Rowling wrote into one of her early books and said, yeah, butterbeer, that sounds good. And she just had to <laughs> go with it for the remainder yes. of the yeah. whole series. And so, like, like, probably at some point, she probably realized, man, that sounds awful. That sounds terrible. <laughs> No one would drink this. I don't know. Yeah, no, it was bad. It yeah. was bad. Mm-hmm. I actually, I have had now so much either zero sugar sodas or I've been drinking a lot of these. Um, Izzy, which is basically uh, fruit juice that's mm-hmm. carbonated. Yeah. So it has about half the amount of sugar that a sugared soft drink would. So I had a regular Mountain Dew the other day to treat myself, and I had like three sips, and I was like, I can't even do this. It's too this much, right? Too yeah. Much. So crazy. Ever. The- drinking diet drinks for a long time you get one of those sugary ones and it's like whoa yeah i was doing that yeah at one point god yeah, dude i was filling up a fucking 32 ounce glass three or four times a night with mountain dew at the theater when we worked there mm-hmm, man mm-hmm. it's wild oh, yeah. that is wild uh i wanted to ask you guys a question excuse oh, the humble goodness. bragginess of what's about to transpire but uh, I, I want to know if this is a is fair or foul, if you would ever do this. So I'm walking out of the gym this morning, uh, and a, a woman, I'm going to guess mid-60s, I, I'm so terrible with age, stops me and says, hey, I've been watching you for the last year. You look amazing. <laughs> now, it made me feel good, like, you know, and I think that was certainly the intent but like, should you ever do that to somebody you don't know? Like, is because you don't necessarily know what's going on in their life. Like, I just I was walking away going, I can't imagine ever doing that to someone. There's no good way to compliment someone on losing weight. Correct. Is, yes. Like my wife, five six years ago, got into this workout mindset. Maybe even a few more years before that. So now she runs crazy miles every week, and she's just she's just tiny. She's mm-hmm. just really fit. But the first time my family came to see her after she had made that transformation, they were like, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) And I like, okay, my dental hygienist, I'm pretty sure she lost about a hundred pounds over a year and a half, but I haven't said anything about it. I don't 
I'd, I would love to basically give her a confidence booster if I thought it was appropriate. But right. It's not appropriate. I don't feel like me. it's ever appropriate, but I but it did make me feel good. So then I'm like in this cognitive dissonance place where I'm like, but if it makes somebody feel good, but you just don't know, like I don't know. Like, why are you watching you me, lady? <laughs> you, also, uh, you also have the if you had the gender roles reversed, sure, uh, situation there. Then obviously, who looks like a creep in that situation? Like <laughs> yes. old man telling a younger woman, "You look, you know, great. like yeah, I've been noticing. <laughs> you're looking really good. I've Maybe been watching you for the last year. Right. You look yeah. amazing." Exactly. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.